Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you here from 1450 The Sports Buzz. Another week, and it looks like, Trevor, we're going to have a full week, so that's exciting. Uh, I'm... Pumped to be on the air for another five days. It's it's rare where we able, are able to get full weeks, and now we're going back to back. Uh, plenty to talk about on today's show. Not it was kind of a quiet weekend for the most part regarding UK athletics, with the exception of some, I guess, baseball and softball news. We're not going to spend too much time talking about either one of those. Although baseball did lose a disappointing home series to. Georgia, who's not a very good team, that's one that they probably needed. That's a series that they probably needed to win. Still likely to make the NCAA tournament, but uh, there are plenty of questions swirling around Coach Gary Henderson's future. But uh, we we'll, we'll spend more time talking baseball in a later. For what it's worth, TJ Louisville had a pretty exciting series win this weekend over uh, Florida State, including a five-run, two-inning comeback on Sunday. I, uh, I, a lot of my friends went to the match or the game. Not the match. I've, I've got soccer stuck in my head. Went to the game on Friday. Yeah, you could have avoided that one. And, and yeah, they. Uh, some of my friends, they don't go to a lot of Louisville baseball games. They go to the big ones, and I, they like to go on Fridays because there's dollar beers. And I've actually been to a Louisville baseball dollar beer night, and it is so horribly executed. Uh, there's only two stands that serve beer that are a dollar, so... Uh, the lines are literally 30 to 40 minutes long. It's not worth it. The beers are small. Uh, but they, they went, and, yeah, not probably not the best night of the series to go, but a huge win for Louisville baseball. They've got to be one of the favorites to get to Omaha, which has to be exciting. I believe they came one win short of an ACC record for most wins in the season. I could be wrong. I think they finished with 23, and the record was 24. Pretty Pretty nice accomplishment for your first season in the ACC. That's impressive nonetheless. I I know Louisville's been to Omaha a few times in the past decade, uh, but here, did you, have you ever been Trevor to Omaha? Yes. Uh, for the, for the college world series. College world series. No, I have, I've been, uh, I think, I believe I've driven near Omaha, but I didn't actually go to Omaha, but I've never been to the official college world series. I've been to one super regional and that was it. That was the Oklahoma state. And I want to say it was Oh five, maybe Oh six. I, and you know, I guess I don't have to have an excuse, but if Kentucky ever made it to Omaha, I'd want to cover that, uh, or I'd want to at least go and check it out. Just kind of cross that off my bucket list. But it, uh, every Louisville fan I know, and they're they're as big as Louisville fans as they get. They'll they'll travel on the road for football games and uh, go to the tournament games and this and that. Uh, they've never had any interest or desire to to go to Omaha when Louisville made it. They they certainly aren't talking about it this year. Uh, I, I think I would want to be able to at least cross that off my list and, and say that I went, but probably unlikely for Kentucky this year. You never know. Uh, Louisville again, probably one of the favorites to get there. So we'll see. I don't. I don't get why people don't, aren't drawn to Omaha a bit more, with well, the exception of it being yeah, with the exception of it in Omaha. Yeah, you're answering your own question by ask, asking your own question. It's Omaha. I, I've. <laughs> Uh, it's not exactly the, the – unless you are a lover of both college baseball and steak, you may not uh, have any really desire to go to Omaha. And I'm sure every man loves steak, but not every man loves college baseball. Yeah, it's still sports, though. And, uh, well, they probably don't serve beer at the games, do they? I would – obviously, I wouldn't know. I haven't been. But I would assume maybe – not. yeah, because they don't serve alcohol in any other 
officially uh, officially run NCAA events that you know are off uh, off campus or not off yeah. campus, but you know what I'm trying to say, like NCAA tournament or things like that. But they, do they sell beer at the BCS games? I can't remember. BCS they do, but that's not NCAA. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it's true. So they do it. They oh, I was at the Sugar Bowl, and I can promise you they serve <laughs> beer there. Well, I've never been to a BCS that wasn't media related, but I didn't go and use my media credentials to watch the game. So, but I didn't drink. Yeah, they'd probably get more fans out at Omaha Hall if they sold a, a little bit of beer. Although I think they generally draw well, anyways. But anywho, uh, we we can talk more about college baseball as the season. Pro- progresses, although it's coming close to an end, and for some reason ESPN is showing highlights of Green Bay's loss to Seattle in the NFC Championship game, and I can easily get distracted, and now I'm kind of sad and in a bad mood. But uh, anyway, Trevor, how was your weekend? Uh, it was excellent. I got to visit Freedom Hall, seeing an ex-girlfriend, so to speak, in so many sports ways. Enjoyed a little wrestling and watched uh, some as much basketball as I could before enjoying uh, Scotty Davenport and Greg Brom on the Sunday Night Sports Buzz last night. It was a pretty good weekend for NBA playoff basketball, I would say. Yes. Yeah, the second round is made up for the first round shortcomings. Uh, the first round, with the exception of the Clippers-Spurs series, every series was a yawner at best. I mean, there was two series, for example, Cleveland. You know how much I love the NBA. The Cleveland and, and Boston series, I, I don't think I watched one game. I desire to watch a game. I, I knew that series was not going to be competitive. And, in fact, when it was all said and done, the only thing interesting came out of it was the antics performed by the Celtics in an attempt to hurt the chances of Cleveland going farther in the playoffs despite beating them. So it wasn't really anything to watch. The second round, on the other hand, is has been pretty good, even though some of the series just could turn to 3-1 tonight. It's still going to be a lot more fights down the wire. You're not going to see teams tapping out like Toronto and, and Boston and you did in the first round, in the second round, and even farther into the playoffs. A little disappointed in the Rockets so far in the series with the Clippers. They haven't. It hasn't been an overly competitive series. Well, now, well, Rockets, this, TJ, are you are you surprised at the Rockets? Or are you surprised that you let yourself think the Rockets had changed? Are you surprised? Are you surprised at yourself because you let yourself think that Dwight Howard had actually gotten some kind of shot at some point during a game and became clutch and was going to show up when it mattered. Or that James well, Harden suddenly learned how not to go left, and when he doesn't go to the free throw line 25 times, he only scores 10 points. Well, their weaknesses have been exposed throughout the season and certainly in years past, but I figured that they kind of gelled better this year. I thought once they got to the playoffs, they'd take it up a notch, and uh, at, at times they were mediocre this season or at least kind of just went through uh, complacent lulls or uh, i guess you could you could say i I thought once they get to the playoffs they turn it up turn it up a notch and then once certainly they got to a a competitive series like the one against the clippers uh they'd rise to the occasion especially james harden who had an mvp type of year Uh, and you know he's been he's been okay in this series i guess but just no way it's just i know blake griffin's a really good player but it's kind of weird to me trevor just seeing him dominate offensively he's not in blake griffin's a a solid player. Blake Griffin should not be dominating and leading a team like the Clippers who are not more talented than Houston. I mean, you put it on paper, Houston's the better team. I mean, you put it on paper and you, but that's, I say like, of course the old analogy, you don't, that's why they play the game, but, and that's why we're learning, you know, things like Dwight Howard makes Will Chamberlain looks like Bill Russell. I mean, he doesn't show up when it matters. He does. He is this generation somewhat Will Chamberlain without even getting to the finals. He, He has the talent to dominate and doesn't want to do it. And James Harden, 
I'm not trying to bash Harden. I think Harden's a good basketball player. I think he was worthy of the, the, the all-star votes. Or not the all-star, but the MVP votes he received. But he does have ways of shutting him down, and it's not all his fault as much as the fact that I don't think Kevin McHale's just that great a coach. And I'm not a huge Doc Rivers fan, but he's clearly running circles around Kevin McHale. He's making zero adjustments. And when you're down 2-1 and you're looking at you know, this season being over, you need to start making adjustments soon. Yeah, it's I, – I, I don't know. I guess I kind of have hopped on the Rockets bandwagon a little bit because I like Harden and also I placed a bet on him to win the MVP at the beginning of the season, so I've kind of been rooting for him all year. Well, you already lost uh, that bet, so you can just go on and give that up. I was pretty bummed when I lost it, and, and all year I was advocating that Harden should win the MVP when in actuality Curry was the rightful winner, although Harden did have an unbelievable year, uh, but – it's just it's it's a it's a bummer to see them. They're probably going to lose this next game and and, and lose in five. I would imagine, but they're done. And and uh, who, now who's your picks, TJ? Let's let's look at it now. We've seen some of the smoke clear. I said at the beginning of the year, and you can go back and look at the tape. I said Golden State wouldn't make it past the second round, nor would Atlanta. I'm looking really good about that, which is amazing because usually I'm wrong about everything. What do you look at? Where where do you see the conference finals? Who are your four conference finals teams at this point, from what you've seen in these playoffs? It's uh, obviously I, I think it's probably safe to say that we've got Memphis and well I don't know if it's necessarily safe to no, say that we're two one but I, I would imagine Memphis is going to be able to win that series uh, if they're probably going to win it in Game Six I would imagine uh, when when that game's at home I imagine they win tonight lose out in uh, San Francisco and then. They, they're going to. They're not going to win a game seven out there, so they're going to have to win that one in game six. So they, they, they. Memphis moves on. The Clippers obviously move on. I, I think Washington. What's the what? What's what's Wall's status? Is he still uncertain? Unlikely will play in this series. It's. It's. I don't think they've said officially it's broken, but numerous bruising in the hand. I would be. I thought, I thought I it was sure. five breaks. I thought he got five breaks I, in his. I didn't. In, I didn't see if they actually confirmed if it was broke. I thought that was just something that they were just rumoring about, and Washington refuses to admit it. I might be wrong. Either way, I doubt he's going to play this series. He's very doubtful he'll even play in the next series. But odds are he will likely not play in this series at all. Even especially when they're up two one. Yeah. If they go up three one tonight, I guarantee you, I'll put money on it. He won't play in this series unless it goes. Well, here's the thing: is the thing that, and I get, I get that that idea that hey, we're up in the series. So let, we might as well rest our player. We're kind of playing with house money at this point. Yeah. I, I understand that, but here's here's what I I don't necessarily understand. Or I, I kind of wish they'd just say it. Either he's going to be able to play in these playoffs at some point, or he's not. It's not like a broken hand. Five breaks in his left hand is going to be able to get him. Is going to change in a week or two. Either he's going to be able to play the rest of the playoffs and I guess play through pain or or manage to really just kind of play with one hand, which I'm sure I'm sure he's probably good enough to do that, or he's not. That's not something, Trevor. That time is going to to heal that. No, but they I mean, want to keep. They want to try to stay positive and keep hope alive. You're never going to win the lottery, but you don't want to tell yourself that. You still want to buy a ticket. Well, but it's 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 different. I, the, my point being is, I kind of wish we could see if he actually was going to play tonight or in game I guess what game would that be game five tonight's game four so. yeah so tonight and then game five I wish we were able to see if he was going to be able to play in those games because that would be a good indication if they're going to have him the rest of the way because if they did it wouldn't be completely crazy to pick the Wizards to make it to the NBA finals I, it, it probably wouldn't be my pick I, I think they'd probably lose to the 
the winner of Cleveland or Chicago. But if you have Wall, and certainly with the way he was playing, that would be a series either one, Cleveland or Chicago. I think one that would go six, at least six, maybe seven. I'm a little surprised Washington's able to – I'm not surprised Atlanta would get knocked out if with a, with a healthy Wizards team. A little surprised Atlanta's going down the way they are against a Wallace Wizards team, but a Wallace Wizards team's not beating a Cleveland team. That's not, And Cleveland's not going to lose to Chicago. I know the series is, what, just 2-2 and – it's it's still anyone's series, but Cleveland's winning the next two games. They're going to win that series in six. The Rockets have already tapped out. They're going to be done in five. And I, if if Conley can stay one hundred percent, can stay healthy and play the way he's played, Memphis has already beaten Golden State. And I just I can't see Atlanta coming back even down to if they lose tonight, it's over with. They're not coming back. They don't have they don't have the superstar. That's their biggest problem. They're a good team, but no superstar. You don't have a superstar. You're not going to get very far in the playoffs. Different season, different mentality, different type of game than this regular season. Did you see where Colin Cowherd today said that he'd take Jimmy Butler over John Wall? Well, that's because Jim, he probably doesn't even know who Jimmy Butler is. He probably <laughs> has just read his name. He's probably never seen him play. He might even think he's white for all I know. He probably has no idea who Jimmy Butler is. So uh, anything Colin Cowherd says just to get uh, a rise out of people doesn't surprise me. The guy's never watched a bad sporting event in his life. He said, when's the last time John Wall changed a series defensively? I said that it, it, Colin Cowherd's little wasn't Jimmy Butler the guy that got drained and gave LeBron James a clean look in the corner last night one on one and got and he, I mean granted I know it was a kind of a tough shot but he gave him basically as good a look as you can get with one point eight seconds going to the corner and being able to spot up I, I'm just it, saying it's Colin Cowherd's little grudge against John Wall for whatever reason really comes back to him dancing uh, his his rookie year on his first night being introduced. Uh, it's crazy. I don't get how people, especially in the sports world, can just have such a grudge against one person or one team and keep it for year after year. And when they look so wrong at times and, and so silly, they still don't really own up to it. You can and, hate somebody, but admit you hate them, but then at least go, okay, I know they're good, but I just can't stand them. Like, I can't stand DeMarcus Cousins. You know that. But I'm not going to yep. tell you he sucks because he doesn't, but I don't like him. Yeah, and you know what? I, I Growing up, I how a lot of Kentucky and Louisville fans feel about one another uh, in that rivalry, I never really felt that towards Louisville, but I have felt it towards IU, and it's been fun at times to see them lose. I, I've kind of grown out of it as I've gotten older and more mature, but it's at times fun to see them lose. But when they're good, and, and I thought they were going to go to the championship game in 2013 and, and play Louisville, and it was going to be... Uh, not not a not a fun championship game for me to watch. But when they're good, you, you have to give credit where credit's due. And, and Colin Cowherd took a big swing and an even bigger miss on John Wall, who has turned out to be just a, a fantastic NBA player who's only 24 years old. Yet, so he's probably got another 11 years of this. And yet he stays in denial that he, he's no good. He, he won't, I, mean, listen, I thought... John, he annoyed me when he did the little wannabe Dougie dance thing too. But I mean, well, why does that annoy you? I thought it looked annoying, but mainly because I'm a Louisville fan, and I didn't want it. Just annoyed me from that aspect of my fanhood. But it doesn't mean I'm going to sit there and tell you he's no good. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And to just to, to do that and then claim yourself to be some kind of big time sports radio person or sports person in general just makes yourself just makes you look dumber than you really are. And I'm not I'm not going to say any names, but there's a certain radio personality uh, <laughs> in the Kentucky market that 
really, really hates a certain golfer and doesn't just talks about how his hate for that golfer at all times. And even today, he was tweeting like kind of throwing shade over at at uh, a certain golfer because he recently was in a relationship that ended. And he, it almost seemed like he was happy that he had been in a relationship that didn't work out. And it's just so strange to me. I wasn't happy that the Tiger got dumped. I was just happy that Lindsey Vaughn's now single for my movements. I, I That's so weird. But I, I don't get it. I just I don't get it. I don't get it in that sense. If you don't like a certain player or a team, you're free to do that. Uh, but over the course of such a long time, Trevor, you think that eventually bygones would be bygones. But. I mean, root against them, fine. Don't be, hate on the fact they're winning, fine. But don't sit there and say they suck when everyone clearly knows it's. And we don't have to wait for Friday for this. It's a fact. He doesn't suck. Yeah, and and you know what? Speaking of the certain golfer, he hasn't been great lately. Uh, but that's not to. You know, he's still probably one of the top three golfers of all time and uh, just hasn't really gotten his groove back since uh, since the old incident. And that golf tournament, I know you're not a big golf guy, Trevor, was phenomenal. Uh, it was a, a, a terrific sports day yesterday. That golf tournament, Ricky Fowler being able to win was great. Did you see all the, all the, all the I guess, conversations about Ricky Fowler's girlfriend and what she wore? I, I didn't. All I saw was something about her ma- him making out with her after he won or something, and and I saw obviously a lot of references to a girlfriend and to uh, an afterwards celebration, I guess, with her when he won. But I didn't see anything about her outfit or uh, really read too much into it. Out beyond that, and Captain Arctic texts in and and says how talking about how good she looked. She she looked. She I think she's a bikini model, like an actual one. Um, or a bathing suit model or whatever. Uh, so she's obviously a good-looking person, but she was wearing jean shorts to the Players' Championship. Daisy Dukes? Uh, yeah, it's strange to me. Look at that girl with I, the Daisy Dukes on. Feel like, I feel like Ricky Fowler's probably you know pouring in a little money. I'm sure she probably does well for herself. And she showed up like she was going to a NASCAR event, <laughs> which is nothing wrong, with, uh, nothing wrong with that. I just don't think you'd do that at a very prestigious golf tournament like the players. What was she supposed to wear? What would have been TJ uh, Walker approval? Like a sun, I don't know. Sundress? It, was, it was Mother's Day. Something that you'd wear to church and then brunch afterwards, I guess. I, I, I just don't know if I've ever seen She didn't look like a, a, a golf wife, that's for sure. Which not that she has to. Again, she looked fine. It was just kind of strange to see. You usually don't see that uh, when the champion comes over and, and kisses their significant other. Uh, it generally doesn't look like they just got back from a Kid Rock concert. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of her now. I'm kind of disappointed I didn't get to see her the Daisy Dukes, but the bikini shots over on on Google are doing me just fine. All right. I thought I thought they banned Google for you at at 1450. Well, they did make me block a few websites because of uh, past experiences, but I, I'm still able to Google some things. That's good to hear. Uh, we'll come back after these commercials. Plenty more to talk about after an eventful weekend. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Bus.
the sports talker. You get a make out of vehicle. Uh, yes, sir. They're driving an 84 sheepdog. Here's TJ Walker. We're back here, second segment of 1450 Sports Buzz. Uh, a few, a few stories, Trevor. First, uh, my fence will be finished tomorrow, which I'm incredibly excited about. Woohoo! So uh, Abe will finally have a backyard to play in, and he won't have to be in studio anymore. Yeah, Abe's kind of a too big of a dog to not want to be roaming around outside. He's he's a lot bigger than my dog. He's really not that big. I guess it's because my mom's dog is like 130 pounds. And so when I, I when I grew up with that dog, not grew up, but the last six years having that dog, that pretty much any other dog looks small. But Abe's only a fifty pound dog. That's still pretty good size. Mine's ten pounds overweight, and he weighs thirty five. He's ten pounds overweight. Yeah. My my mom's dog is incredibly overweight, which is kind of sad because he used to be the super athletic and hyper and would jump on people. It's actually pretty annoying. Uh, but now he just wants to lay on the floor and get his belly belly scratched. What kind of dog is it? It's a we're not exactly sure, but we we think it's a German Shepherd Husky mix. So I mean, it's a it's a huge dog. So you like the big dogs? I've never been a big dog. I mean, I don't have nothing against big dogs. My my, my buddy had his mother uh, had have had at least three Great Danes since I've known him in, in our lifetime, and I've loved every one of them. But I've never really been a big dog guy. I've always liked the medium sized dogs. Uh, Always kind of favored towards the Jack Russells. I know Captain Arctic uh, will agree with me on that one. And, and that type of dog size, medium to you know, a little bit bigger than medium type. Yeah, I don't really get the appeal of uh, of small dogs. At that point, why not just get a gerbil and not have nearly as much responsibility? Well, a gerbil, that's a little far. That's a little taking it to the uh, extremes on uh, going the opposite way of, of small. I mean, it's... I'm, what was I think I read a quote somewhere on Twitter. I don't, you know I don't watch Parks and Recreations, but uh, what's the guy that has the mustache? The character that has the 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 one that Yates loves so much. Is it Ron Swanson yeah, on Parks and Rec? Exactly. Yeah. Someone put a quote of his on Twitter or Facebook last night. I read it was kind of made me chuckle a little bit. He said, "If it weighs, if your dog weighs less than fifty pounds, just get rid of it and get a cat because that's what it is, or something like that." I thought it was kind of. I kind of I I kind of agree in a, in a sense, but. Um, yeah, so Abe Abe's uh, kind of seems small to me, but I, I guess he's he's okay size. So he'll he'll have a nice backyard. Good. Uh, house still coming together, day by day process. One thing we don't have to worry about is the electrical work here, because the sports talker and my home is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentucky Anna's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give him a call six three six help for any electrical service. Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark. And Trevor, I've got to tell this this story from the weekend and then we'll get back to our regular program sports talk so saturday night saturday i I don't do i kind of step away from the computer step away from my phone play some golf have a nice day out enjoy the beautiful weather then come back uh, watch some of those watch the nba game i think that might have been paul pierce's game winner um and then we have a we have six to eight people over it's a it's a small get together we go outside, play cornhole. I go inside to, to go get another beer, and I come back out, and nobody's playing cornhole anymore. Everybody's kind of just sitting there, packing their things up, and I'm wondering what's going on. Uh, I'm told that the neighbor came over and said that we were being too loud. 
So I naturally asked which one, because I, I know the people that live directly next to us. I even know one that lives two doors down, and the people across the street asked which one, and uh, they, they told me that it was the one that was two doors down. And those are a bunch of college kids. They're not college kids, but fresh out of college, kind of my age. So I thought, no way they were the ones that complained about it being too loud. As we as I find out, it was actually three doors down, Trevor. And this is a... Not just the band, right? Exactly. It's a, a three, you know, three doors down in a St. Matthew's neighborhood. So it's not like these houses are built side by side. You know, every, everybody's got a nice little yard and this and that. So I'm like, no, we're not, we're not listening to music. We're not doing anything. We're just out here playing cornhole, which again, the boards hitting, the bags hitting the boards can be kind of loud. Now I, I rarely hit the boards because they just, I sink it every time, but it can be kind of loud when the bags hit the board. Uh, so I go, I go down there and talk to her, and we we talk a little bit. But first, let me. Am I crazy for for thinking that it's not okay to get noise complaints at nine thirty and on a Saturday night? One did, now they didn't call the cops, did they? They did not call the cops. Okay, Thanks. yeah, at least they didn't do that. That's still across the line. They should at least always give you a warning before they're at least going to do something even douchery at that level. Uh, yeah, that's kind of. Unless you actually had music, like having a band in your backyard, I mean, you should at least get till ten thirty, eleven before someone starts going. Okay, maybe I'm a, a person that goes to bed way early, even on a Saturday night, and they're being too loud and too long. Nine thirty? No, that's my, no. My main concern was not that they were going to call the cops, not that our little get together had to move inside. Both the well, the cops thing I would have cared about moving inside. I didn't necessarily care about. My first thought was, oh, no, we've got a neighbor that's complaining that lives three doors down. Like, this might be a, this this could be a long, enduring, uh, not not a great relationship between her and me. And also, the people right next to me, like I said, they have get-togethers all the time. Uh, we had, and we, we got to talking, and I could tell she was tired and maybe not, it didn't seem like she was in the best mood in the world. And she was asking if this was going to be an every weekend thing because we had a few people over last weekend, which we had a few people over, but really the house right next to her had a lot of people over for the Manny, the Mayweather Pacquiao fight, and it was Derby weekend. Um, so I was talking to her, and I said, we're just playing cornhole, and she said that somebody keeps yelling. It was probably me. I kind of get into it when I'm playing cornhole. Um and nine thirty. I mean, did she, and that's why that's what I said to her. I was like, "It's nine thirty. I was like, "I get if it's if it's later." And then right after I said that, she said, "Well, the 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 neighborhood city noise ordinance goes into effect at at eleven p.m., which makes me think, oh no, the fact that she just said that and knew it right off the top of her head, eh, this might get ugly." I mean, she's gonna she, willing to call the cops at eleven oh one. But she actually did apologize. She said that her grandbaby's staying with her and. Uh, they just put her down and they were worried that she was going to wake up again and she was having a bad day and she didn't want to be that crabby neighbor. So she apologized, but nice. I'm, I, I'm still a little bit concerned about the future of, uh, of our relationship. Well, you're still missing one apology. The apology to me that you didn't invite me to come over Saturday night and play corno and hang out. You were doing wrestling stuff, weren't you? Oh yeah. You did get trumped by wrestling. That's right. I'm kind of, I, I, now you were just having friends over because you were trying to fill the hole that you didn't get to go to see wrestling with me. I had no interest in seeing wrestling. I'll probably never see it. One of my friends who actually played football at Purdue is kind of trying to get into wrestling, uh, which is kind of exciting to kind of watch that. I'll go see him. But besides that, do you like do you like to go to like the fair and people watch, or go to events and like kind of people watch the, the people around you? Because if so, you would love the, 
going to wrestling events like looking at the upper echelon of the fair people. I mean, just some of the things you can witness and watching some of the adults. We had two people in front of us that were had it was a couple, and I'm sure they're very nice people, and they were in there, you know, probably about my age, if not older. And I go to wrestling, and I, I you know, I clap and I will laugh a little bit and I will watch, but I don't. These are the two that that obviously are taking wrestling way too far into their lives. I mean, they were decked out in John Cena gear. Cena comes out. You thought they would just found out they won the lottery. I mean, they're up high fiving and going nuts, and you know, seeing kids do that, which you saw a lot of, is is fun to see, and it can make you kind of laugh. But see adults doing it, it does kind of put it in perspective. Going, okay, I kind of get now why people make fun of me when I tell them I like wrestling. I get this now. I understand. Well, well to, to, here's the thing. Here's kind of the sad thing, Trevor, is that. We, you say that and you kind of laugh at them and also think they're weird and maybe they need to get a life. But believe it or not, there are some people that think that about you and me when we're at sporting events doing the exact same thing. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, and when we get out to a football game six hours before it starts uh, just so we can start tailgating, people, some people, I know this is crazy. They think that's weird, too. They probably think it's weird to sit uh, two days to wait for uh, tickets to see a science fiction movie as well. That is that is weird. Everybody thinks that's weird. Nobody would think that isn't strange. I guarantee there were hundreds of people there with me that didn't think it was weird. Of course, they well, probably, that, that, if I find them whatever basement of their parents' house they're still living in, <laughs> I will ask them and we will get a survey taken. Good. Uh, I would. <laughs> you all should have a little reunion. Uh, well, as <laughs> um, soon as we can get enough carpool people. Um, anyway, so glad, glad wrestling turned out. Okay. Uh, Clay B116 brings up a funny story about neighbors is, um, somebody he knows was walking home from the bars, uh, in St. Matthews, but he probably wouldn't have been head- heading towards my neighborhood. And he was walking home with a girl, Trevor, Ooh. and it got the cops called on them because they were making out in their front lawn. Some people just need to mind their own business a little bit. I mean, as long as... Well, well, on the flip side, that, that homeowner could say that you could also just go get a room, which I'm sure they probably would have well, liked. Well, they were on their but, way, too. I mean, they, they were heading that way. They were just But, I mean, little... the, co- the, the cops showed up and wondered what they were doing and said that they could get in trouble for trespassing and this and that. <laughs> if the worst so, thing that happened to me on, a, on a, a Friday night is that I look out my front window and a couple of people are making out on my front lawn, I think I've had a pretty good night. Well, yeah, that, that's that's a good point too. Have you ever had to call the cops on on somebody? No, I've never called the cops on anyone. I've had the cops called on me twice at Western uh, for not exactly my fault, but we did get a little too rowdy, and we we apologized and calmed down and and uh, adjusted the uh, the noise. But uh, I've never actually called. I've never called the cops once or on anyone. I'm trying to think if I have. I I mean I, I I'm sure that I haven't because I think you'd remember that. Yeah, that's something that doesn't. Well, have you ever had them called on you? I mean, clearly oh, you've been threatened, yeah. obviously, this weekend, but. Yeah, we've had them called on, I guess, maybe never at my house, I'm trying to think, but certainly at other parties that I've been at, at, at UK for sure, and even a few times in Louisville. Uh, we had my one of my buddies lived in another part of St. Matthew's, kind of closer to the mall. And just a, a friendly neighborhood, and, and they had a they had terrible neighbors. Anytime that we had people, more than seven or eight people there, and we were playing cornhole after nine thirty or ten o'clock at night, cops were called. 
Uh, and, and seems to be your problems. I'll lead back to cornhole. That it really does. We're we are a group of people, Trevor, that love our cornhole. <laughs> and I've I've been I've shared my, the picture of my boards on Twitter all the time. I take a lot of pride in cornhole and my cornhole boards. I'm kind of a loser in that sense. And I I also can tell that I'm getting older because that's stuff that I actually care about is how my cornhole boards look and how good I am at cornhole. <laughs> the sophomore side of me cannot stop laughing. Uh, do you have like special corn bo- cornhole boards, like specially made, uh, personalized? I do. I'm. I, I. I. Well, I not personalized. They. They don't say like the sports talker with T.J. Walker on them or anything like that. Although that'd be cool. Maybe we can get the station to get me some. Be good advertising, right? Yeah. Well, like your your face on it, and the hole is where your mouth is opened up wide. That that would be. Uh, I would like that a lot. I think everybody would. Um, but no, I, I have uh, some people at Fish Customs, which I've tweeted them out before, just at Fish Customs that make boards. Uh, they'll make really anything you want. Uh, if you send them a picture, they'll they'll find a way to paint it on there. Uh, the ones I have are American themed because you know who doesn't love America. Uh, and I th- I have the coolest cornhole boards that I've ever seen. Now, if I ever get more, and I don't know what reason I'd ever need to get some. I would get Game of Thrones boards, and I'm not kidding. I don't think you are. And my mom wants, and there's some people that would look at you and go, "That person needs to get a life." My mom wants me to get her some UK ones, and I'm probably going to do that. I just need to figure out what design I want to do, uh, and that, that you know that's that would be a, a pretty good segue to 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 bring it back to sports for a second, Trevor. My Did buddy, you hear? My buddy has a Redskins and Bears uh, cornhole set, like. One for Redskins yep. and then one for Bears. Yep, because it is him. He's a he's a Redskins fan. His wife's a Bears fan. So one board is a Redskins one, and one one's a Bears one. Yep. Or does he have two sets? No, just one set. One Redskin, one Bear. Well, that's yeah. I don't know how to feel about that. Like if they were playing each other, that'd be fun to have. Otherwise, people are just gonna be like, "Did you mix your boards <laughs> up with somebody else? Did you lose what? one and try to steal your neighbor's Redskin board? <laughs> what? What the hell happened?" Uh, anyways, we need. I guess we'll take a commercial break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna we're gonna talk more local sports. I promise. So stick around here on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz. We will be right back. thought maybe I could crash here tonight. That's all right. Marissa's going through some, some personal stuff. And personal stuff like you uh, running through the neighborhood drunk and naked? That and, and uh, some other stuff. Welcome back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. We're back in 1450, the Sports Buzz on a Monday Again, a, a slow weekend with UK news. Again, we're waiting to hear what Jamal Murray's going to do. I, I think all signs are going to be him reclassifying to to 2015. That's what all signs are pointing towards, I should have said. And uh, I think he will visit Kentucky, although they're going to keep that visit as quiet as possible when it does happen. Um, I guess, Trevor, that's my job is to, to sniff it out. And, to break the news for us before it happens here on the Sports Talker. I would, uh, I, hey, I would be happy to be able to do that if I could. Uh, but Calipari did this thing. John Calipari did this thing last summer where he he told all the recruits not to make the visits public. Uh, he said, "I'd love to have you come to UK, come visit me, but don't let 
don't don't leak it to the media at least until after it happens. I I, I still I still don't know the exact answer on why he did it. We talked about it a lot last summer. Uh, it's the same kind of thing with Jamal Murray. Why they want to keep it quiet? I guess they don't want the attention. They don't want other schools to maybe know that they're visiting Kentucky and feel that it's going to bring upon more negative recruiting. Although Jamal Murray, I'm sure hearing is hearing nothing but cons about Kentucky from Oregon and and even UConn. So uh, it, it was kind of strange that he wanted to keep all those quiet. And, and again, like I said, he's going to want to keep uh, Jamal Murray's quiet. quiet. What was that, Trevor? I was going to say, quiet weekend for Kentucky, but Louisville lost apparently a recruit today, and Maryland uh, took a big uh, addition with the uh, next Duke player today as well. We're going to talk about both those things, I promise. Uh, and LeGerald Vick visited Kansas State this weekend. He'll visit Kansas this week, and then uh, Kentucky next weekend. Now, here's the thing. If he can get through the Kansas visit without committing and makes it to UK's campus, and UK wants him and wants him to commit, I think he picks Kentucky. Now, that's a big if. Now, I don't think he will go through the Kentucky visit and go home and ultimately pick Kansas. I just, I, I, based on what I've heard, he kind of wants to he wants to go to UK if, if everything works out that way. Now, like I've said in the past, UK likely doesn't land Jamal Murray and LeGerald Vick. So if they key in on Vick, that probably doesn't mean good things with Murray. Is there a so, preference in the world of PJ Walker? Which one you would rather have? Oh, Murray is head and is head and shoulders better. So it's not even close. Apparently, it's not even close. Murray is awesome. Murray is going to be a great NBA point guard. Vic oh, could be oh, a nice oh, player. Oh, rewind, because I do record this. A great NBA point guard already. The statement's being tagged. Yes, he will be a he will be a guy that is in the league and makes an impact for for many many years. Okay. Well, I wish that my short-term memory hopefully doesn't kick in so I don't forget this. He's he's good. I mean, Jamal Murray is really, really, really good. And remember, he should be class of 2016. Sure. So he's getting better day by day. He still has a lot of room to grow, really high ceiling. Uh, he will be a great NBA player. Now, LeGerald Vick is a different type of player. I think he could be really good. But Murray would be a guy that comes in for UK and helps them win games and it, 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 he will win games for UK rather instead of where Vic will help them win games. He'll be a part of wins where Murray would be the reason why UK wins. Does that makes sense. Yes, it does. Okay. Uh, so we'll see if UK might say, you know what? We don't feel great about Murray. We need some more bodies. We might need some more scoring. Cause Vic's a pretty good scorer as well. Uh, let's just, let's sign you up. LeGerald. We'll say thanks, but no thanks to Murray or not really. Thanks, but no thanks, but we'll just kind of, let Oregon win out on that one, and we'll have our roster set, and we can turn our attention towards helping, hoping to win a, our, our ninth national championship. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what how UK's thinking, and uh, it'll be telling that if Vic makes it to UK's campus without committing to Kansas, obviously if he commits to Kansas this week, he's not going to make it, then we'll see. Um, there's I, I do want to talk about... Uh, Maryland's new addition. I want to talk about Tyus Battle picking Michigan over Louisville. But first, I want to I, I want to touch on this blast from the past. Also, we need to talk about that NBA or that that Las Vegas <laughs> that Las Vegas this. team that's trying to bring in some McDonald's All Americans. We're we're going to talk about that after the five o'clock hour. Uh, but first, we've got a clip from from Ray Allen from I guess nineteen. 
What year would that be, Trevor? Well, he was drafted in, what, 95, so I would assume this was uh, probably his recruitment, which would be three years earlier. Be roughly 92, maybe? Not less, some late 91? So it, it's, uh, it's from a while ago, but it was when Rick Patino was starting to really make a name for himself at Kentucky. Uh, Ray Allen picked Connecticut over Kentucky, and he told this news station way back when just why he picked Calhoun over Patino. Ray, let me ask you a question about the recruiting process. Uh, UConn has done such wonderful things, uh, particularly in, in the last five years, that they now go head-to-head successfully on the recruiting trail with the top teams in the country. And particularly in your case, because I know, correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, your final choices were the University of Connecticut and, and some school called Kentucky or something like that. Tell me why you would pick UConn over a school as rich in tradition as Kentucky. Well, when, when you go to Kentucky, they're going to butter you up. I mean, I went in on Midnight Madness, and Deron, he went to the same place. You know, the same decision for him, too. But I went there, and Patino, he's so, I mean, high on the pedestal. Uh, he does everything and talks about himself. It's I before, you know, his players or the team. He always talks about himself and what he has. He, has, he had a restaurant, not Jamal Mashburn was taking me around on my visit. And I went in there, and I sat in Rick Patino. He sat with his friends, you know, on the other side of the, of the bar, and I, me and Daron joke about it, and we said if it was Coach Calhoun, he'd be sitting down at the table getting our food for us because, I mean, he was really one of us. He'd be, he'd be cooking the food for yeah. you. <laughs> so, interesting. And this is a long time ago, and I don't know why this is just making the rounds today. Uh, one of the Cats, Cats Illustrated poster actually uh, dug it up and, and put it out there, and it's been picked up by a bunch of different uh, media members and websites. I love how there's a number for questions on the screen that pops up. I wonder if we would call that number. What would what happen right now? That's a good question. I wonder. Should, should we call it right now and see what happens? I tell you what. At the break, I will write it down and top of five o'clock hour, we'll call it and see what happens. All right, that sounds good. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we can talk to the reporter and ask him if his hair still looks as awesome and as magnificent as it does in this video. I mean, it's definitely a '90s video. Oh, yeah. Everything about it screams '90. The clothing from it. Uh, it I, I. We should. Probably tweet it out so people, maybe I'm sure a lot of people have 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 found the video, but uh, it's it's certainly out there. Very very 90s video, but interesting that that he felt that Rick Pitino was kind of uh, look at me. Uh, I, I'm I'm the big show in town, and uh, come here if you want. Don't if you don't. Well, it doesn't matter to me. What you what'd you make of the video, Trevor? Uh... I, one, the reporter acts as if Connecticut pulled off some kind of huge upset like they just come out of nowhere to, to win a recruit over Kentucky when Connecticut for the five years going into 92 had been a pretty solid program in the numerous Elite Eights falling just short of Duke and Kentucky was coming off one of their worst probations in school history. So I don't know how, how much of a coup it was to knock out Kentucky in terms of winning a recruit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I could see that. Patino, I think, obviously, you're talking 1992 Patino. He probably was a little more arrogant even than he is now today. He probably was oh, a I, little more look at me and kind of look. I'm fancy and I listen. I'm I'm Patino. I, I just I've taken a Kentucky team full of four white guys and Jamal Mashburn and nearly beat Duke. I'm I, I took a Kentucky team that was couldn't even be on television and put Darren Fe, and put uh, Darren Feldhaus against Shaquille O'Neal and beat LSU. You know I, I'm I'm Rick Patino. I've rebuilt. I was I was with the New York Knicks, man. Just sit, look at me. I could see him being that way and Calhoun being the opposite. Uh, Patino, and, and I don't know really when this changed where Patino's kind of relaxed maybe a little bit in his older age. 
he still loves to take subtle jabs when he can, and uh, well, so does Cal- so does Calhoun. Well, no, well, 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 hold on, Trevor. Okay, let me finish. Uh, <laughs> he and, and Patino will at times praise himself, but it's it's few and far between now. Uh, but vintage Patino when he was at Kentucky kind of reminds me a lot of Calipari now while Calipari's at Kentucky where he was very high on himself and proud of the job that he did and and wanted to be different in in different ways and wanted to play an exciting style and do this and that and I guess Patino still at least wants to try to play that exciting style sometimes it doesn't work out as uh, as planned but it kind of reminds me of that's something maybe I, I you know I don't think if John Calipari had a recruit on campus and took them to a restaurant he'd sit at a different table, but it, it, I, I think some recruits could maybe say that about Calipari now that hey you're uh, he, he he thinks highly of himself and the job that he's done at Kentucky. Could sitting at the table with a recruit been a violation though? Not if he was on an official visit. Okay, that's true. No, if he's on official visit, you do whatever you want. You pay for his dinner. You uh, the only thing you can't do is. Tell him to to keep the tip for himself. Other, Give him that that extra twenty percent. The other thing I, I thought was funny that we noticed at the break when you sent me this video was that Kevin Ollie sitting next to him in this he interview. Is. And I don't know, was I don't was Kevin Ollie a freshman with him? I don't remember. I, I wouldn't know that, but he he Kevin Ollie again. He looks very nineties in that in that video. And Kevin Ollie would have been a was a was a junior in in uh, Ray Allen's freshman year ninety three ninety four. But it is interesting just uh, to hear a recruit, something that we've missed for such a long time, uh, mention that about Patino. Again, things have changed. It's been such a long time. I doubt recruits would probably say that now. Uh, but it, I wish I wish that I could, I, and I hope that maybe I have a very athletic and talented son so I can go on an official visit with him. Uh, but I, I, I would like to see how coaches handle themselves on official visits and what they do. I, I I would imagine Tom Crean would just be basically following the recruit like he's a shadow. Uh, I could see John Calipari kind of being cool about the whole thing and saying, hey, welcome to UK. Uh, We'll let the assistant coaches show you around. I've got stuff to do. And I could see Patino certainly now doing the same thing and, uh, again, in his his older age. Patino at 92 thought he could probably walk on water, which is one of the reasons which led him to, to take the Boston job a few years later. Yeah, I, I I think he was probably able to do whatever he wanted. Um, I'm sure he probably enjoyed living in Lexington and uh, having everybody kind of praise him for uh, how good of a job he was doing and and bringing UK basketball back to back to life. I guess would be very very accurate to say. Uh, we're going to head to commercial break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Louisville and Kentucky technically missing out on a recruit in Maryland with a big addition late in the game, uh, making them potentially the number one team in the country. We'll talk about it. Stick around here on 1450 of the Sports Buzz.
You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker, presented by Allen Electric. Everybody in the car, Bolt leads in two minutes. Or perhaps you don't want to see the second largest ball of twine on the face of the earth, which is only four short hours away. Song, song of the South, sweet potato pie and I shut my mouth. Gone, gone with the wind, there ain't nobody looking back again. We're back here, 1450, the Sports Buzz. Speaking of the intro in, first off, I like the song, Trevor. Second, the intro into the show. Why was I late to to find out that they're making a, a new vacation and it's coming out soon? It's coming out soon. I heard about it, but finally saw the previews of it this weekend. And as much as I want to hate on them redoing a vacation movie, the previews looked freaking hilarious. And I, I, I unless it might not have Cousin Eddie, which we all know what happened when you didn't have Cousin Eddie in the first series. You got European Vacation and it sucked. I liked European Vacation. Yeah, you're the only one. So, I mean, it, it was my least favorite of the bunch, but I I still... So you're telling me if it's on TV, you're not going to watch it? No, no. Huh, I, 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 I would. I thought it was funny. But this one looks pretty damn good. I mean, I, it looks... It had me rolling in the previews, and it's, I don't go see a lot of movies in theaters, but uh, there's at least two on my agenda this year. One is the new Jurassic Park, and two is probably going to be Vacation. I'm yeah, I'm excited, actually, for both those, and I, I finally saw the preview for Vacation, and uh, I agree. I think it looks fun. I don't really like the, the scene where in, they're in the, uh, the, the sewer mud that they thought was oh yeah that's that's kind that of was, generic was, and yeah. yeah that's kind of forced but uh whatever the uh, scene where he's at the hotel in the pool giving his talk to russ kind of like in similar to the original one and some of the comments he makes with the people walking behind him are hilarious and i agree uh, it, it, it almost it's it's kind of mimicking the first one in so many ways but also when at least if you're going to mimic the first one at least acknowledge that you're doing it and make fun of yourself a little bit for it and I thought they did that a little bit somewhat in the previews. They I agree. That. I agree. Uh, so I'm excited about it. Trevor, you called that number on the <laughs> on the Ray Allen video, didn't you? I did. I got the uh, television studio. Apparently, that's still their number. They still yep. have the same 1-800 number. The number after over 20 years. That's impressive. Ray Allen was not available for questions, though. <laughs> that's a bummer. But they, said, they said Calhoun might be around later. I, I'm sure he's probably just pooting around Connecticut, just complaining about everything in sight uh, anyways so a lot lot to still get to here and only a little over 20 minutes to do so first let's let's get to this las vegas thing uh the las vegas dealers trevor let's say you're a five star 18 year old you're a month old you're you're gonna graduate in a few days maybe in a week or two and then a month after that You'll find yourself on a college campus taking summer classes, but I'm a big wig from Las Vegas, and I'm going to offer you seven hundred thousand dollars to come play one year, and then let you go on your merry way to the NBA. Uh, you'll be out in Vegas. You'll play against some elite Euro- European basketball teams. Uh, we'll get you on TV, and we'll we'll make sure that your draft stock is is no worse than it would be. Uh, and did I mention that you'll get seven hundred thousand dollars and you'll be in Vegas? What do you do if you're that five star 
uh, five-star senior just about to graduate high school. Now, I don't know if it guarantees you're getting that money for being a five-star. If I read it correctly, you had to be a McDonald's All-American to get $700,000 contract. So if you happen to be one of those players who maybe went to a prep school or are reclassified, I guess technically they couldn't be a McDonald's All-American, so I guess they wouldn't get the same salary as, as someone with that title tagged on their name. Am I, is that correct, or am I just assuming wrong about that? Well, again, Trevor, I set up this little fake scenario, <laughs> and you just go off on this little rant that, that doesn't even answer my question. Jeez. Uh, no, first off, I the way I read it, is that they just said we are in talks with some McDonald's All-Americans, that we have talked about McDonald's All-Americans. I don't think it says that this offer of $700,000 is just for McDonald's All-Americans. I think they were just saying, hey, we're we're talking to these guys, these high-level guys. Um, maybe, maybe, I don't think the offer is just for those guys. I think it's going to be interesting because, one, how is this going to work financially? I mean, where, where are you going to pay these salaries? Because the, what, what, what I saw by our friend Rob Dostry put 700000 for McDonald's All-Americans, 400000 for an underclassman with eligibility, and a hundred grand for a free agent, so I'm assuming someone who's graduated possibly and couldn't get in the NBA. So they feel like maybe they won't be able to fill the whole roster with high school kids, so they'll, they'll throw a little change at somebody maybe that, that has a name that they can bring into. 35 games – I mean, where are you going to – I mean, are you going to sell these – is this going to sell out? I mean, are you really going to take this – across? I mean, are, can you afford to pay a salary? Say, say you get a whole roster of McDonald's All-Americans, as it says in this article. You're looking at a $5 million salary base for your team probably. I mean, well, and, I, and on top I, of it, the, the money it costs to send these people across Europe, get Europe to come – European teams to take time out of their schedule to fly here and probably play in an arena that's going to have maybe – I mean, this is Vegas. This isn't in Louisville where – they're obsessed over college basketball. You're going to have, you know, five thousand people there if you're lucky. That's it, it's a good point. I imagine that it's a these guys have taken out a loan, hoping that they do land these guys. <laughs> uh, they get maybe some sort of TV deal or some games broadcasted where they get some of the, that money back. Also, yeah, I, I don't know how great attendance would be for these games in Las Vegas. If they got a good enough team, I, I think they could probably get. 10,000 people to some of the games. Uh, but but my question to you, which I asked, I guess, five minutes ago. Would I do it? Would you do it? If you were, uh, to make this easier for you, if you were a McDonald's All-American <laughs> and you were a month away from enrolling out of college, would you pass all that up to get yourself a nice check and to, to have a very, very fun one year in Las Vegas and not have to give one hoot about school? Me personally, no, because I would, I, growing up in this area, I would love to embrace at least even one year being a god on campus in college basketball to Louisville or Kentucky or whomever I, you know, I'm a fan of. So me, probably not, especially with McDonald's American, knowing that I'm going to get my money eventually. I can wait another year. I've Listen, I've gone poor for 17 years. I can wait one more year. I'm not that in a hurry to, to get paid right away. But... <sighs> I would probably say, willing to say, there's probably at least of the McDonald's American roster. Was there 24 kids in the McDonald's roster? I'd say probably eight or nine of them would be willing to really heavily consider this. I would think, if not on a yearly basis. And well, if you, here's, if you can get five to eight to ten McDonald's Americans on a yearly basis, then you're starting to make some noise because at least you're getting the name guys, and that's what's going to bring in tickets. I'll say this: this could be a game changer for college athletics and how. Uh, high school basketball players decide what they want to do. Uh, if this becomes cool, and if they do this one season and it works, uh, 
you could see other teams do it too. Uh, if, if you've got a lot of money in a big market and you want to have top talent play there and it could become a thing. It, it you know, I don't know what you'd even categorize it as because it's, uh, you know, could it be the, it, there's so many ifs about this, Trevor. Could it be the beginning of maybe a new basketball league in America that takes complete advantage of the one and done rule and, you know, I would watch. Well, the, the ABA you know, tried I, that too in the seventies, and it didn't. It didn't. It it, it folded. Okay, well, it, but this is they didn't. Did they have the one and done rule back then? Well, well, you couldn't play as freshman, and the ABA would let you come no matter what class you were. In fact, they even let the high school kids, i.e., Moses Malone, come. But into didn't it? Didn't I mean? You know, it, didn't the ABA work for a little bit? Yeah, like quite I, the time. It, it it was hemorrhaging money for the last tenure of its years, but it was successful. It's successful in the, in the nostalgic look back at it, but in terms of making money, which is what all matters when it comes to these leagues, it did not make money. Well, it eventually got absorbed into the NBA where a lot of ABA teams stand today. Four teams were absorbed, yes, but numerous teams were moved around left and right. and uh, it just. Uh, and of course, I wish it had been five with Kentucky, but yeah, four teams did end up getting a, an NBA franchise out of it, and one Brother, one group of brothers end up making billions and billions of dollars yearly because of the contract they signed with TV rights as well out of it. So, I, th- I feel like I, I, this could force the NBA to at least take a look at that rule. Uh, it could have colleges trying to figure something out too. You know, I don't know exactly what a college could do. Uh, this could be the beginning. If uh, the big if is, are people actually going to jump on it? If they don't, then. Yeah, it's nothing. It's obviously nothing to worry about. If only one guy does it, again, probably nothing to worry about. Uh, but if one guy does it and it ends up being kind of a success, you watch him on ESPN, he gets to play on TV, he really improves his draft stock somehow, uh, then maybe uh, maybe more 2016 guys do it. And again, it could turn into this big thing. It's certainly something to monitor. It's certainly something to watch. And the thing that I people have texted me and asked me about, would Scal Labissier be interested in doing it? Would he consider doing it? I mean, one, he could have some eligibility concerns. The NCAA may raise some questions about possibly uh, if his guardian took some illegal benefits. Why mess with that whole uh, nasty trial if there is one, uh, the questioning, if there are questions, uh, there probably will be some. Why mess with it all, and why don't you just go get $700,000 plus a nice endorsement deal, spend your one year playing against European teams, uh, and then possibly get drafted and Top three, top five in the draft. But how many I players are going to do it that don't have the same circumstances as Scott BCA does? That don't have the same circumstances Emmanuel Moutier or Brandon Jennings had? How many of them are going to say, oh, I'm eligible to play at college, but I'm not going to do it anyway? Well, what do you, I mean, Scalabissier has, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, but he, if, if he does it, he might do it because his hand's somewhat forced because of eligibility issues. And he might, but he also might do it because he just doesn't want to mess with that. I, I think he's going to be eligible. Based on everything I've heard and even the information that's out there, it's not illegal for your, uh, there's some words that I just can't say on radio, but it's, it's not illegal for your guardian to ask for money. That's not, it, it, you know, it makes him a, a bad person it, it, <laughs> it, it really jeopardizes his eligibility if somebody actually does give him money but right now there's no evidence that he took anything and he bounced around from aau team to aau team from high school to high school so what that tells me trevor is a lot of people were saying no 
uh, no, I'm not going to give you money. So he said, all right, well, we're leaving. We're going to go somewhere else with the hopes that maybe he get it somewhere else. Uh, we can talk about the Scalabissier and, and, and his well, we will, I'm sure. p- potential eligibility concerns when they pop up. But I wouldn't be, you know, it looks like at the surface this could be a good deal for him. Uh, here's the thing is I, I don't think he would be the type of person to do it. Uh, unless, like you mentioned, Trevor, unless he the writing was on the wall, he wasn't going to be eligible in college, then he'd do it. I think he's really excited about playing at Kentucky. Remember, he didn't get to play high school basketball last year, uh, and that kept him from playing in the McDonald's All-American game. It, he, he played on a team where I would have been the second best player, and I'm maybe debatably not joking about that. Uh, well, didn't he get the flu and they canceled like two games because he couldn't play? Yeah, I mean, it was just it was a joke of the team. It was a joke of a team. Uh, the only time he ever got people fans to his game is when he played in Paducah, and again, that was only you know maybe a thousand people, two thousand tops. I, I think he wants to be able to play on the big stage. I think he he misses that. I uh, I think he kind of needs to feel that before he goes to the NBA. And I don't think this Las Vegas thing is going to scream a big game atmosphere. So I don't think he is a guy that UK fans should worry about. I don't think Isaiah Briscoe would leave. But I do think there are some players on this list that might do it uh, if that money is legit. Um, you know, Czech Diallo could be a guy that, that you could possibly see do that. Uh, maybe spurn Kansas late in the game to, to, to have a chance to do that. I wouldn't be shocked if Malik Newman wanted to do that. Because well, it depends. I mean, is he making less than seven hundred grand this year or not? <laughs> That's uh, you know, you said it, not me. There, I think there's a lot of people on there that could do it. I here's one person that I don't I don't think w- would do it, Trevor. But if anybody was going to, it'd make most sense for him to do it. If you're Steven Zimmerman, why in the world would you not do it? <laughs> well, if you, maybe you want to play college basketball. I mean, it's. That would be obviously the only. Here's, a, here's another problem with this, by the way, is and, and I, I would like to think this would be. A, I think it's a very novel idea. I think it's an interesting idea. But how's the NBA going to feel about this? And how's the NBA going to feel about maybe if, if if they don't like it? If they don't like it and they and they don't want young players to do it, and a young player does it, NBA's not beyond blackballing somebody out of their league. I mean, they're not well, beyond. They, they, I mean, they wouldn't do that. No, on a whim. they wouldn't. They wouldn't do it point blank, but they would make your life possibly living hell. And they could make if this is somewhat successful, the NBA could crush it in, in in the blink of an eye if they wanted to. If they don't want this thing to last, they can they can have it crushed. They can pull their strings amongst the European clubs. They can pull their strings amongst just the agents itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they they don't want it to happen. They don't have to have it. Let it happen. I agree, but I think if you saw maybe two kids go join it this year. I think the NBA. I, I think it'd be they'd let the year finish before, and, and oh, then, yeah. then they'd say, you know what, nobody else is doing this. It wouldn't be a good idea to do it. We don't like what this is doing for our game. Blah blah blah. So, I, I think if some people want to be trailblazers and, and do this right away, uh, I think they're going to be able to at least for a year before we see how the NBA responds to it. But again, I ask, why, if you're Steven Zimmerman, or if you're Chase Jeter, or if you're Ray Smith, all guys from Las Vegas, but especially Steven Zimmerman, who chose to stay home in Las Vegas, why would you not just, if you wanted to stay home, and that was important for you, and you wanted to play in front of your family, and you imagine that you're going to be a one-and-done, I don't think the Steven Zimmerman's going to be a one-and-done, but I know that he thinks he will be, and any, you know, any five-star should probably at least have that mindset. Why wouldn't you just play at home like you wanted to, play in front of your family and friends like you wanted it to, and then also at least legally, be able to provide for your family right out of the bat. 
Maybe he wants an education. Maybe he likes school. Uh, then enroll at UNLV with that $700,000 and get the best education you want. I'd make sure that check clears, first of all, right away. I'd be on my way to the, to the bank in a heartbeat to make sure yeah. that check clears. And second, maybe he doesn't want to go to – I mean, it's I mean, he doesn't want to experience the life of a professional right away, even though he wants to go after one and done. Maybe he at least wants to give it one more year. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not in his head, but – I, I wouldn't say just because he's from Vegas, it makes sense for him automatically. I think a guy like Malik Newman would probably do it before probably a Zimmerman. No, I, I, no, I, and I get what you're saying, and, and I mean Thon Maker. This might have Thon Maker written all over it because he's <laughs> he's a guy that is going to have at least some academic eligibility concerns because he's having such a tough time reclassifying. Uh, this might be just his cup of tea. Now, he wasn't a McDonald's All-American. They need a Thon Maker name for this. They have to have a nice name in their first year or two of this to have any any prayer of it being successful. I don't I, I don't think that I, – I think the Steven Zimmerman thing makes perfect sense. I mean, the only other excuse is, hey, I want to play NCAA tournament games. I want to possibly play in March Madness. And then you have to ask the question. Well, you're going to UNLV, so Maybe are you to play for Dave Rose? I don't know. Are you are you gonna are you gonna play in March Madness if you're gonna be at UNLV? But you get to play at home. I, I mean, really, I would almost be tempted if I lived if I was a five star. And let's say I grew up in Louisville. Uh, I mean, it's kind of different because Louisville is actually a good program. So let's say I well, grew up. You said the Louisville Shooters here, where Jerome Harmon played for him after he, he uh, was unsuccessful with his collegiate career. Very early, but let's say let's just say Louisville's program wasn't exactly what it was. But I grew up in Louisville. I lived in Louisville. I decided I wanted to continue my my athletic playing career at Louisville, and then all of a sudden, this team, this makeshift professional team that's going to play some top level European talent, pops up out of nowhere, and they're going to offer me at least seven hundred thousand dollars plus potentially endorsements. I know I'm going to be an NBA draft pick. I would almost think, why Why not? Why not just start making money, assuming, like you said, the checks do clear? Uh, well, then I why would, not just go to I, Europe? I would probably do it, because that's Europe. I don't want to live in Italy for a year. I don't want to live in France and have to uh, speak French for a year. I'd get to stay at home, Trevor. I'd well, still you're gonna be on I'd the, go to high school parties if I wanted to. Yeah, don't be that guy. You're going to be in Europe for a majority part of this this tenure with this team because they tore to Europe. Games. 15 games they say they're going to Europe on a on a 15 game road trip so probably you know about a month or a combined month that's just a vacation and that you give a an 18 year old kid seven hundred thousand dollars and let him go on vacation for a month to Europe that'd be the most fun time of my life if he makes this it would back. almost be like getting nearly a million dollars to just have a vacation for a year before you actually start your real job in the NBA the following year. Well, I think they I actually think have to play basketball sense. during this time. They're not just getting 700 grand to you know, go from town to town and shake hands and kiss babies. Well, I mean, they're going to play basketball, but it, it, is it going to matter if you lose? The only way things work out horribly for you is if you get incredibly exposed. Or but, injured. Or injured, but that, 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 that would happen anywhere. And you can't you can't make your decisions on the fear of being injured. I've made that pretty clear. That's just something. Yeah, I guess the injury is kind of a good point because if you get injured, then one that Las Vegas team doesn't have to do anything for you. They can just say, "Yeah, you're, we gave you a one year contract. You're out of here, buddy." Uh, you can't go to college at that point because you've made seven hundred thousand dollars. And NBA teams, one would probably take you, assuming that you're really really good. Uh, but your draft stock would certainly hurt, and you'd kind of be behind the eight ball to start your career. Well, you need to go play in Europe now officially because of what happened. Yeah, but at least you'd have that money, you know? 
at least you, you, you Trevor, we think about it. You, you give us seven hundred thousand dollars, and you know you could get you could probably retire if you actually wanted to. Oh, I could retire. I don't. I don't trust it's, it's, I, Growing up in my uh, economic lifestyle, seven hundred thousand would last me the rest of uh, the last thirty years. Would have probably uh, be my life. So that would be. It'd be interesting. The more that I'm talking about it out loud, I, I think if I was a high school kid, I'd want to probably do it uh, to just legally start making money, not have to worry about school. Would your mom let you? Yeah, I, I think if that's what I wanted to do, she wouldn't have an issue with it. I don't know why. Again, you can go. The thing that like you have to play college basketball and you have to be there for four years to get your education is just stupid. If I wanted to get an education and I had $700,000, I could go to any school I wanted to in America and get an education. I could take summer classes. I could take online classes. I could, take, I could do it over a span of seven years. You don't have to go to college and stay four years to get an education to get I a agree diploma. To that. <laughs> so many people think one and dones or hate education. They hate this, they hate that. No, they want to start making money. And if they want to go back, and a lot of them do. I mean, Kalina Azabuki just graduated from UK yesterday or on Saturday. And his last game in a UK uniform was 2005. Took him 10 years. I think I, think I watched a documentary on Shaq and Dale, uh, the SEC story, and he graduated uh, what, almost a decade or so after uh, he left LSU, if not longer. By the way, so, worst breaking news story of all time in Sports Center history John Wall will not play tonight. Oh, no. I didn't see that one coming. I no, out of left field. That was obvious. And if they're able to win tonight, like you said, he's probably uh, going to just sit out unless there's a game seven. So, or, I mean, I guess maybe he could play in a game six since that would probably be their best chance to win it. Uh, but I would something think to as keep a Kentucky fan, you would be not want this Vegas League to work because that doesn't that affect if anybody, the, the more so the teams that like to do the one-and-done effects, i.e. Kentucky sure. and Kansas? Sure, and, sure. And it, it, would, it would hurt those schools a little bit, but you, you would just think of it in the, in the mindset of next guy up. Uh, if, you know, if UK missed out on – some of the top five stars, then they would just get some of the top four stars or the next available best players. But recruits are like Pez to Calipari. The next one, one, one goes away, another one pops up. Yeah, and you know, that's a good analogy, and that's and that's true. So I don't think it, it would drastically hurt Kentucky. I think it, it hurt the college game a little bit because you'd be missing out on some phenomenal players. And I'm not saying I want this to work. I I, I really don't want it to work. I it kind of it seems weird to me. Uh, I you know I feel. Like I don't know how it's going to happen, what's gonna, how it's all going to play out. Uh, feel like a, a you know a, a puppy kind of getting to experience the world for the first time. It just everything it looks weird. It looks weird on the surface, and I don't think it's going to necessarily work. But I am curious to see how it all plays out. TJ, uh, TJ I wanted to show on this note. I'm looking outside as it's pouring down rain here, and it's that moment in your life when you look out, realize it's raining. You didn't know it was going to rain, and you also realize you left your windows down in your car. Oh, that's exciting! I did that the I did that like three weeks ago, and man, it looked like a flood in my car. I don't want to go outside and see what my car looks like right now. It was really bad. Uh, but here's the good news for you: is that the show's over, and you're going to get a chance to do that. There's plenty we didn't get to today. We'll save that for tomorrow. Uh, but but fun end of the show. This Vegas thing is going to be something we're going to talk about a lot, and something that we're certainly going to keep an eye on because at least they're talking like. They've got some people at least interested, so it's going to be interesting. Thanks for listening. We will be back tomorrow, 1450, the sports bus. Trevor, go roll up your windows.